Hey, welcome to the Bible Savvy Podcast, a weekly conversation on how to understand, enjoy, and apply God's Word. I'm your host, Nikki Lucas, and I'm joined by Executive Pastor Eric Ferris and Teaching Pastor Clayton Keenan. Thanks for joining us. We're going to jump right into it today. Eric is our comma guy this time. So Eric, can you tell us what passage we're looking at today? Yes, I can. Comma guy today, Exodus chapter 23. And we are still in the Old Testament law. So God is giving his people what seems to be a never-ending list of rules. And so you start asking the question, man, why does God like rules so much? And so just some context here to remind us how to read Old Testament law. It's not that God loves rules or lists of rules. There's something behind the rules. There's something behind the laws that God cares about. And so you have to have rules in place. So here's an example. At the Ferris family dinner table, there is what looks kind of like a cake stand, um, kind of like a bird cage. So it's like a cake cake stand with a a top on it that looks like a cage. It's phone jail. (laughs) And so everyone... Everyone in my family and anyone that comes and eats at our house knows that there's a phone jail on the table. And if you dare pull out your phone, look at a text, anything, while we are enjoying a meal together, everybody starts banging the table going, jail, 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 jail. And we chant jail, and they have to put their phone in phone jail, okay? And there's a, there's a, a plaque by our table that says, do not dare bring your phone to my table, signed mom. Okay, that is fantastic. Right. I love this. Now, it's not that we hate phones; we all have phones, right? right. It's, so it's not the rule; it's what we value behind the rule, which is conversation, relationship over a meal. So we're not going to let phones get in the way of that. So in the same way, when you're reading the Old Testament law, it is what is the value behind the rule. Uh, what does this tell us about what God likes and what God dislikes and what He values? So. We're going to read some more Old Testament law. That was a perfect example. 1 through 19. Go for it, Clayton. All right, here we go. Do not spread false reports. Do not help a guilty person by being a malicious witness. Do not follow the crowd in doing wrong. When you give testimony in a lawsuit, do not pervert justice by siding with the crowd. And do not show favoritism to a poor person in a lawsuit. If you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. If you see the donkey of someone who hates you fallen down under its load, do not leave it there. Be sure to help them with it. Do not deny justice to your poor people in their lawsuits. Have nothing to do with a false charge, and do not put an innocent or honest person to death, for I will not acquit the guilty. Do not accept a bribe, for a bribe blinds those who see and twists the words of the innocent. Do not oppress a foreigner. You yourselves know how it feels to be foreigners, because you were foreigners in Egypt. For six years you are to sow your fields and harvest the crops, but during the seventh year let the land lie unplowed and unused. Then the poor among your people may get food from it, and the wild animals may eat what is left. Do the same with your vineyard and your olive grove. Six days do your work, but on the seventh day do not work, so that your ox and your donkey may rest, so that the slave born in your household and the foreigner living among you may be refreshed. Be careful to do everything I have said to you, Do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your lips. Three times a year you are to celebrate a festival to me. Celebrate the festival of unleavened bread. For seven days eat bread made without yeast, as I commanded you. Do this at the appointed time in the month of Aviv, for in that month you came out of Egypt. 
No one is to appear before me empty-handed. Celebrate the festival of harvest with the first fruits of your crops that you sow in your field. Celebrate the festival of ingathering at the end of the year when you gather in your crops from the field. Three times a year all the men are to appear before the sovereign Lord. Do not offer the blood of a sacrifice to me along with anything containing yeast. The fat of my festival offerings must not be kept until morning. Bring the best of the first fruits of your soil to the house of the Lord your God. Do not cook a young goat in its mother's milk. All right, lots to observe there because you have kind of three big categories of laws, right? We have at the beginning uh, a lot of things about uh, honest testimony and uh, speaking the truth, and then you have uh, Sabbath laws, and then you have annual festivals. So in any of those three categories... Let's throw out some observations. Well, the uh, the the big picture observation I had at the at the beginning, the part talking about you know not lying, not giving false testimony, that sort of thing. Um, there's kind of an underlying assumption that there are systems out there that can be used and abused and biased and manipulated, and we've got to work really hard to protect against that. And that's probably true whether the system's exactly like theirs or not. Um, there there are always opportunities to show favoritism to lie, to manipulate, to, you know, a bribe, you know, that, that sort of thing, um, that corruption creeps in uh, to all sorts of systems. So God doesn't want that in his people's uh, world, and uh, it seems like it's a relevant thing for lots of places. Yeah, I picked up on that just right at the top. The heading at the top of the chapter says, Laws of Justice and Mercy. Uh, it's just ide- this idea, verses 1 through 9 we continue to see God's concern for justice and mercy and dignity and respect for people. Um, that's that's a, an important value to God. We just keep seeing it over and over again. What, one of the laws made me smile or laugh, and then one I had a question about. So a uh, little insight into my, my morning Bible reading. This happens a lot. Like sometimes I'll be reading my Bible. I have this place in my house where I do that in the morning, and... Uh, Sometimes I might be like, what are you reading? Because I don't even know that I'm audibly like responding to what I'm reading. <laughs> like I'll read and be like, that's funny or that's ridiculous or why in the world is that in there? And I don't know I'm saying it out loud. So I think I might need a therapist because if you're talking out loud and you don't know it, that might might be a problem. But anyway, if you come across your enemy's ox or donkey wandering off, be sure to return it. Okay, that makes sense. Like it's not finders keepers, y'all. Like that belongs to somebody. Give it back. Uh, and then this, this is what makes me laugh. If you see the donkey of someone <laughs> you, who hates you, right? right? So you know somebody doesn't like you, and you see that their their ox, their donkey's carrying a haul, and yeah. the whole thing is tipped over, and you're thinking, it just makes you, me laugh. It's not like, <laughs> you yeah, know, you're it's like, good for you. You're getting what you deserve. That, that just made me laugh because that's just so, like, God just knows how we are in our sinful nature. <laughs> It's like, yeah, you're getting what you deserve right now. Good luck picking all that up. Uh, the Then the question I had, which we always say on, on the podcast, because it's true, sometimes good questions are good observations because it causes you to start looking maybe in the study notes of your Bible or uh, your curiosity starts you investigating. Uh, what is up with yeast? Like, <laughs> what? Like... Which which verse was it? Uh, oh, verse 18, do not offer the blood of a sacrifice to me along with anything containing yeast, right? So sometimes you read the Bible and you're reading that and you go, well, what's the big deal with that, right? And maybe the study notes help you with that, or there's a little cross-reference in your Bible that says, go look at this verse. And so you jump and you go, oh, yeah, that's right. Okay, now I get why that would be a thing that God would put in place. So there you go. My, my laughter and my my question. 
So, what so a, what's the thing with yeast? Um, well, this, this may be something that you recall from uh, a little while back when we read the story of the Passover. Uh, one of the things that they were supposed to do with the Passover is uh, clear out uh, all the yeast in their home. And in that context, it has to do with kind of a, a symbol of being holy. Um, it's not that there's something inherently you know, immoral about uh, you know, leavened uh, food, uh, but in that context, it was a, a, a symbolic way of saying, we are wholly dedicated, we don't want anything uh, in our lives that would be dishonoring uh, or unbecoming of God. And so they kind of use that as a symbol of clearing that away. Mm, I like yeast. I like <laughs> I like me some leaven. Man, we had we ordered some pizza last night and there was dough nuggets. This is, so which by the way, that restaurant needs to change that cuz that is not an appetizing label for a food. Yeah, I like some dough nuggets, please. But what really made me laugh is my wife was on the uh, my wife was on the phone ordering and I couldn't stop laughing cuz I heard her ask the person taking the order, "What are dough nuggets?" <laughs> and I was thinking, to myself, how do you answer that question without saying they're nuggets made, made of, of dough? dough. <laughs> so my wife and I got a good, good laugh about that. Uh, but she did get a more, in her defense, she got a really good answer. And we ended up ordering them because garlic and Parmesan cheese on them. And so it was actually a, a, a good question. A I love you, Deanne. I love you a lot. I commended you in the last episode. So now I'm laughing in this episode. It all balances out. Dough nuggets. Uh, the, the one thing that I noticed that really stuck out to me was, uh, the, the section on the festivals, um, regardless of the, the weird details to us about how, how they observe them. Um, to me, the main importance or the principle behind what, what God was asking them to do, um, was celebrating what God had done. So for instance, like with the festival of unleavened bread, God tells them to celebrate it in a certain month because that's the month that God brought them, uh, brought all the Israelites out of Egypt. And so I, I felt like that made sense because like we often celebrate things in that way by remembering or by recounting something that happened. So like you remember a birth, it's a birthday, a marriage, a job, a successful project, uh, healing from sickness. Even in death, you often celebrate someone's life by remembering the special ways that they impacted the world around them. And so for me, with these festivals, God wanted the Israelites to remember and celebrate his provision for them. Yeah, there's something really good about pausing and intentionally remembering and celebrating something. This is the whole act of doing it, right? So these it looks like these uh, these festivals, right? They're, there's rules about how to prepare for them and how to do them because it's kind of it's one of those things where you're saying we're going to set aside some in, in, intentionality and some time to do these things. Uh, you know, it's it's not unlike uh, you know any like you you just gave some examples, um, but it's like uh, when we come to like a Christmas Eve service. I'll just use that because that's the, the most recent thing about gathering gathering at church, which is kind of festival-ish, right? Like Christmas is a big deal. Um, and just the whole act, like when my kids put on their Christmas clothes and we get in the car and we drive to the church and it's a candlelight service, like all of the details around how we prepare and do that very simple thing makes it, it elevates it to a level of importance that it, it needs to be at. 
Yeah, I think there's a, a you know, you, you can get bogged down in the details and the rules. It sounds like, oh man, that's really nitpicky. But the uh, there's th- that that idea of intentionality. It makes sense even in kind of ordinary relationships when you think about it. Like if you uh, if you're you know dating someone, you're married to someone, and you uh, you you say, well, I I interact with them all the time. You know, I, I'm calling them, I'm texting them, I'm talking to them. I you know I see them every day. You know, they're in my house, whatever. Like you that that is a way to maintain a good relationship. But there's something really important about saying we've got a date night that that we actually said this is the day we put it on the calendar we made a reservation we went and did something because when you do that that uh it adds that significance to it 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 uh it it might take a lot of planning and work and details but that um says i really do love you and i want to reinforce this relationship yeah if you don't carve out the time to do that it's unlikely to happen right d and i have never been good at setting a date night but what we have always had, my, my day off has always been Friday, so it's date day, and we very intentionally just spend the whole day together, whether it's running errands or going to the store, and we really like date day, and it normally ends up being like, you know, we have lunch together, um, and it, if for some reason we don't get a few of those Fridays in a row, we both notice it. This is interesting. You have the Sabbath laws, right? Work for six days, rest, rest a day. Or the festivals take some time during certain points in the year to very intentionally do these things to celebrate and remember these things. So in church world, right, like liturgical calendar stuff, you have the season of Lent that leads up to Easter. You have the season of Advent that leads up to Christmas. Um, And those are very, lots of Christians do very intentional things during those seasons and on the actual days of Easter and Christmas. And then, but Sabbath, Sabbath is interesting. I wonder how many people listening to this podcast actually make an intentional effort to pause the rhythm of life for a day every week, to rest, to think about God, to worship God, because it's so easy to just put that in the category of like, yeah, that's an antiquated Old Testament law. Like, I don't have to live, I don't have to live by that. But it's kind of like your, your date night analogy. If you don't do it, you know what happens? Life and busyness and stress and everything just floods in and crowds out God. I love how uh, Jesus, when he's, uh, you know, having these debates about the Sabbath with, you know, religious teachers in his day, uh, one of his lines is, uh, Sabbath was made for people, people weren't made for the Sabbath. So there is a way that that can become legalistic and rule-following, but the first truth of, this is a gift, like, this was made for people, like, this this is a life-giving, this, like, helps you be a better person when you do this. There is something, like, of all the rules in the Bible— that you might not want to follow, this should be the last one, the one where it says, uh, don't work, just have a day of rest, enjoy it. Like most of us are begging for that to say, no, actually you get to do this. Uh, I heard a, a really interesting insight about this. When you think about Israel being freed slaves, the idea that they would they would now have it one day a week where they did not work, like who gets to stop working when you know, it's not the slave, right? So for them to say every single week, we get to stop doing that. And anybody who's working for us does that. And all of our animals do that. Like the entire community says, we take a breath, we rest, we don't always have to be working. Like that's really good news. Yeah, and you think about that too in the in the context of all their culture. They were the only ones that were doing that. So when other people saw it, they were like, well, what is it about that people? Why why do they do that? That, that causes causes people to ask questions. Yeah, it might seem weird or abnormal. I promise you, if you come into my house on a Sunday afternoon, it might seem weird and abnormal. If you're the kind of person that's always on the go and always needs to be doing something, if you come into my house on a Sunday afternoon, you will find a group of people that you think are unbelievably lazy. (laughs) 
because man, we have for years, man, we just shut it down, right? There is nothing planned on a Sunday afternoon. Um, you know, I I just lost the thought, Clayton. You were saying something, and I just lost it because Nikki said I'm something. Sorry. Real, no, you said something really good, and then oh, I lost it. You can't lose thoughts on a podcast. It's there. <laughs> Dough nuggets. That's the thought. Let's press pause. Uh, no. no, 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 don't don't hit pause. Here, here it comes. Um, let's talk about Sabbath. For, let's just talk about Sabbath some sure. more. Yeah. Six days of work, one day of rest, and some people would say, "Well, you know." Must be nice. That would be a that would be a luxury in my life. And, but what if we took it out of the category of like a an optional luxury and and actually took God at His word that there's something life giving about that rhythm and and rhythms in life. Uh, and let's just talk also about the difficulty of depending on what your job is, right? Because different people have different rhythms in their job. Uh, and so for me. Obviously, we we all work at a church, right? And so we all, we're actually all required. Like we are supposed to have a 24-hour segment of time that is, it's not just a day off. Like it's it's not, it's not just a day we're not coming to the church building. It's a day we leave each other alone, right? To, to rest and not even think, not even think about work. Uh, you may not be working for an organization that cares one bit about Sabbath and rest, but lots of Americans work five days a week and have two days off from their job, Right. That's a pretty normal rhythm for a lot of people. But then you have to start asking the question, but am I ever resting? Because even if you're not going to the job where you get your paycheck, that's not the only kind of work we do. We do, we maintain our houses and we run errands and we have all this other kind of work. Uh, And I had this conversation a a while back with my wife uh, because my wife's work is she runs our household, the finances of our household, the schedule of our household, the kids. Like my wife is running the household. Well, when does that work ever stop? Right? So I come home from work, let's say at five o'clock and we eat dinner. In my brain, my work is done, but my wife still might be doing laundry or taking care of the finances or working on a spreadsheet. And, And if she's not careful, you could look at her and say, like in a derogatory way, someone might say, well, you don't work, but I would say her, <laughs> yeah, yeah, try her, saying that to- <laughs> her work never ends. And yep. if she's not intentional, she'll never have a Sabbath either. Mm-hmm. Right. So I just rambled on for a while, but let's talk about this for a few minutes. Yeah. So this may seem unrelated at first, but I don't think it is. So the, the verse right after the Sabbath verse is there. It says, uh, it says, do not invoke the names of other gods. Do not let them be heard on your list. Now, the, the, a lot of these laws, it feels like if they're a little bit random, this they're not all like tightly organized. So that might f- feel like a change of subject. But I wonder if it really is. Um, when people would like, if you invoke the name of your gods, we're like, well, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not worshiping some idol or whatever. But we do appeal to things that say this requires me to do something. So if we say my my workplace, my, like the the productivity, the bottom line requires me to do this, um, my kids. They, I got to, you know what, instead of having a day off, we're going to run them around to all sorts of, you know, activities and sports and whatever. And it's a, a ton of work. Um, you know, my, um, you know, wh- whatever it is, like you, you say, because this thing is so important, I must keep going there, And so we invoke those things almost as an excuse of like, well, yeah, I would love to have a day off, but I got to do this. And so we, we, we're serving that thing. It's become our God. It's telling us what we must do. And that's part of the reason we can't stop the, the, the liberating thing about having God be the only God you serve is that he says, I can handle this. I can take care of this. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a slave driver. I'm not a taskmaster. You get a day off. 
Yeah, even the the verse right before that where he says, be careful to do everything that I have told you to do. It, if you look at it in that sense of resting in, in him and taking a break, it's, it's, I don't, it's no different than I said, we'll say than these, these date nights. If you guys aren't careful, right, to spend intentional time with your person, then... With your person? Yeah, your person. Yeah, they're, they're your person, I'm gonna right? Go, I'm going to go home tonight after we're done recording this podcast, and I'm going to walk in my house and be like, Deanne, I just want you to know you're my person. Well, for all of our listeners, if you, husband, wife, like boyfriend, girlfriend, if you're not intentional about that time, that relationship's going to break down, and you guys aren't going to have any quality relationship with each other, okay? No. It's just this, this passing passing ships, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, hey, you're here, you're there, that's about it. Same thing with God. If we are not careful to spend intentional time with Him, if we're not careful to really sit there and remember and and just ponder His goodness and His faithfulness and the ways that He's showing up in our lives, that relationship is just going to dwindle. You know, if we are not careful to protect our time and our bodies and make sure we're getting sleep and rest and not overworking ourselves, we're going to get exhausted and our bodies are going to break down and we're not good for any, for ourselves or anybody else around us. When there are uh, limits on when you work, it has ripple effects on the people around you too. Like it, this, this talks about, you know, the, the other people who are working in your household, whether it's, you know, the foreigner living among you or whatever. Um, when I am working, I'm sending emails to people and I'm causing them to work more. Yeah. When I am when I'm saying, hey, I've got to do this, 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 that has ripple effects on my family. They've got to accommodate and you know do stuff because I'm doing this stuff. That my work creates work for other people. And when we say there's there's limits on that, there's a break to that. Um, it actually brings freedom not just to yourself but to the people around you. Yeah, but I mean, my my Sabbath is a Friday because you know we're here on the weekends and we're we're you know producing. And I weekend. get mad if I get an email from you on a Friday. Right, and and. Sometimes I send an email on a Friday because something comes up and I feel like I have to do it. But then there's other times where I'm being really intentional about my Friday. And then I get an email and I'm tempted to go, oh, shit, I got to answer that. You know, it's yeah, it's just you just everything breaks down. This is this is where it gets into like this whole conversation about rules and now ah, that just sounds like legalism and rules right because Clayton just said I don't like it when I get an email on Friday right so I'm going to ask Clayton a question is Friday your Sabbath uh, no it's Nikki's Sabbath so I don't want her yeah shooting me an email because I know when I'm at work oh. on Friday she's supposed to be off yep um but yeah I mean the, okay. the other the other way around like there yeah. there are times when I'm on to my Sabbath I shouldn't be checking my email that, that's what I was going to say right <laughs> so this is where you get into like Sabbath keeping like maintaining a healthy rhythm in your life that God has said hey by the way everybody if God created life he knows how it works best and when he says a 6-1 rhythm we might want to listen to him and when we just run nonstop and then we have uh, anxiety and depression and anger and physical ailments because we're never stopping and we wonder like why is why have things <laughs> gotten to this point? Uh, maybe we need to go back and remember that God established some healthy rhythms for us. But then you start talking about all these rules, right? So we could say to Nikki, you you could say to Nikki, Nikki, new rule in place: you are never allowed to email me on your Sabbath ever again. And that might be a legitimate thing to put in place right, to say, like, I want you to make sure you're maintaining a healthy rhythm. But then someone's going to say, well, that's, that's not about the rules. It's it's about the... Right. Okay. 
how can you even talk about Sabbath without putting rules in place? Yeah. Right? At some point, you have to draw some kind of line and say, these are some things I'm just not going to do so that I can maintain a healthy rhythm. And it's, listen, everybody out there, if, you, if you're in that category, having boundaries, drawing lines, and having some self-control is not legalism. It's just wisdom and honoring God. I think I'm picking up on what you're laying down. No more emails on a Friday. Got it. <laughs> I laid it down. <laughs> if, you, if you don't know why we're talking about this in this way, in the org chart world of Christ Community Church, Clayton is Nikki's supervisor. So if she's emailing her boss when she's supposed to be off, Mm-mm. her boss is saying, hey, girl, go home and rest a little bit, will you? Which is a good boss. You are that, a good that boss. That is a good boss. You are a good boss, Clayton. All right, let's let's uh, let's think about this as our meditation, okay? We've, we've been talking a lot about Sabbath, so let's just go ahead and land here. And so we're going to take, uh, we're going to take 60, not 60 seconds, 45 seconds is what we do on the podcast for, for meditation. Um, as we've been talking about Sabbath and the idea that God knows how he created life to be lived and for life to flourish, and he has said to us, hey, I put a rhythm in place for you. Work for six days and rest for one. And so it's going to take 45 seconds here of meditation, which is prayerful thinking, 45 seconds to just contemplate your current rhythm of life and be honest. Is your current rhythm, uh, does your current rhythm have Sabbath in it, or is your rhythm nonstop, 24 hours a day, seven days a week? So we've talked about Old Testament law context, made some observations, landed on Sabbath as our message, and meditated on that. And so now we're to application. What do you guys got? Uh, well, I think I need to go get a phone jail or phone prison. Mm. Uh, that, that sounds awesome. Jail. 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 I also think that um, asking the question, um, how can I organize my routine around the things that I actually want to matter to me? I think that's at the heart of this to say... Spending time with God, resting, uh, trusting in His provision is what really matters in life. I should organize my routine around that, not just try to find ways to just fit it in here and there. Yeah, that was pretty much mine. I, I want to be more intentional, you know, other than not sending emails on a Friday, but more intentional about remembering and celebrating what, what God has done. It's, it's this idea of when we do that, we renew our faith in, in what He's done and what He will do. And, uh, by just doing that, it's not just for myself, but it's like, what what am I seeing? Like worshiping God, not just for what what I'm seeing in in my life of Him, but even the people around me. You know what I mean? And and it's just a important thing. It's it's gonna help renew my confidence, my faith. It's gonna be renewed and deepened. And so uh, I think we often call that practice worship. So it's it's spending intentional time in worshiping God. 
Yeah, my application is one word. Stop. And now I'm going to go into complete pastor mode. You guys ready? Yes. I'm, I'm about to go pastor mode on all of y'all out there in podcast land. All right, stop. Think about the annual festivals. Stop what you're doing at certain times of year and celebrate what God has done. You stop what you're doing and you very intentionally make certain preparations. You go to a place, you do a certain thing. Sabbath, stop. Stop working, slow down, think about God, and rest. At some point, y'all, we got to stop. Culture is running amok right now. There is a lot of anxiety, a lot of depression, a lot of exhaustion, a lot of anger, a 24-hour news cycle. People are never stopping. We're just working and working and working and working and working and working, and nothing's stopping. Stop. So if you are a follower of Jesus out there listening to this podcast, which I'm assuming if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably a follower of Jesus. Can I just say as a pastor who loves you, stop once a week and worship at church. Now listen, I know as soon as I say that, you're saying, you mean in person? I might be saying that. So let me just, let me just offer this. Of course, lots of churches right now we have, we're socially distanced. I mean, our church is like reduced capacities. So a lot of churches are either fully online or doing some variation of, we have some in-person options and online. At Christ Community, we have in-person options and online. I'm not saying worshiping online is bad, but can we all just be honest for a second? You might be doing a really good job at home of worshiping online. And what I mean by that is you're legitimately like stopping, tuning in, worshiping, you're like fully in, like your Bible's open, you are submitting to the hearing, listening to the Word of God, thinking about like you're, you've, you're legitimately stopping and participating in a weekly worship service at your house, participating online. But let's be honest, we all have tendencies to kind of slide into some laziness, right? For some of us out there, a healthy suggestion might be, if you, have find yourself, if you have found yourself isolating and just kind of sliding into never stopping and actually worshiping, actually go through the effort of showering, putting on your clothes, getting in your car, driving to a church building, and worshiping with the other believers. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to guilt trip anyone into saying like in-person is better than online. That's not what I'm saying. I am saying that some of us need to be honest enough to say for me to put a healthy rhythm in my life, I might need to go through all of the whole physical exercise of actually driving to a church campus. And the whole act is an act of worship because what you're saying is I'm going to honor God by doing this whole rhythm thing. Yeah, that's a lot to think about. That's good stuff to think about, guys. Uh, well, friends, thank you for joining us today. We hope that we gave you a lot to think about uh, and to consider as you head into this next week. We hope you'll join us next Monday. In the meantime, if you are not following along with the reading plan, check out BibleSavvy.com to download it and start reading along. Don't forget to subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. Tell your friends, and we'll talk to you next week.